This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Mark Ross, former VP of Player Evaluation for the Giants and Scout, NFL Network analyst, now joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Mark, how you doing today? Great, great. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you could make it. So at this point in time, and we were talking about how difficult this may or may not be for the NFL draft, uh, at this point in time, give us a sense as to what it is you're going through and then the challenges that general managers are going to face because of this social distancing. I mean, we know the commissioner is going to be doing uh, the announcements from his basement. How tough a challenge is this right now for those that are in the trenches? Well, I think right now it, it, it's not too bad just because it's, you, can, you have time, you have a controlled environment. Uh, right now you would be, all the teams would be in their offices doing their final preparations for their, with the draft meetings, with all the scouts, with all the coaches. So you can kind of have that controlled environment with the Zoom and other technology. Uh, I think it'll get difficult on draft night when you have uh, so much going on. Usually you're all in a room together and there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of conversation and a lot of people talking uh, still bouncing off ideas, just just making sure you're getting those final evaluations right for the person you want to pick. So I think it'll be a little more chaotic on the draft uh, weekend with teams, and I think there'll just be a lot less people involved with the decision-making as opposed to years past when you can all be in the same room and on the same page. Does that does that affect, say, trades? I mean, it, you know, because I've never been inside a war room. I mean, I've been there and, and talked to people after the fact. But does that then affect trades if you don't have a scout in your – I mean, most of the scenarios are all pretty, pretty much written, right? Right. So uh, the first round are scenarios you kind of talk about then. The second round you can kind of play around with ideas. Once you get deeper into the draft, that's when things get a little more uncertain and a little more hectic. So, but, on a, but even on a regular draft, the trade situations are really down to the general manager and how he sees the board or whoever the decision maker is there, the general manager, head coach – they're the ones that really kind of spearhead that, and there's not a whole lot of conversation. The general manager kind of says, okay, let's get uh, this team on the phone or let's see the scenarios that we have to either move up or, or move back in the draft. So I don't think that will be as, as affected as much because that's really a tight-knit group 
who are, who are making the decisions about uh, trading up or up, up or down in the draft. Um, when it comes to player evaluations, uh, everybody goes to the combine. We know that you already have studied your film, but not being able to go and interview some of these guys on pro days and in person and and such. Now we know in the day and age of Skype and FaceTime and such, uh, teams can still get in touch with certain players. But it, does does this the the era in which we live, this year in which we live, does this make it tougher, say, for that final evaluation when you have to ca- say what may sway you in one direction or the other for uh, the evaluation of a player? I think with the guys you're, you're drafting, you know, the players that made it to the combine, the ones who are at the Senior Bowl, the other All-Star games, it won't affect them as much. And the scouts really, in the fall, they get so much information uh, they should anyway. The good scouts do. The good organizations do. Get so much information in the fall, like 85 90% of the information you need on a player comes from the fall evaluations when the scouts actually go to the schools and then you add on the all-star games and the combine. You, you should have at this point had most of the information, 95%. It's those players that you maybe want to recruit uh, at, at post-draft free agents or those with character concerns, injury concerns that you kind of wanted to bring into your building or send an extra look. Uh, with a coach or a scout to the school. But now with, with again, the video technology, you should you'd be able to just call all these players anyway uh, and get a really good sense for them. So I, I don't think you'll see that much in a, of an effect uh, for most teams. It's just maybe a few guys who could have been uh, post-draft free agents that, that might get affected. Uh, Zach Bond uh, out of Wisconsin, he uh, ends up testing for a diluted sample um normally that means uh, you got to strike against you regarding the nfl D- does this matter is this a big deal now you know this day and age no uh say five ten years ago things of this nature kind of were a little bit more of a, of a red flag but you know now i think teams if they like zach they're going to make an excuse for him if they don't like him they're going to say see with this guy this is the reason why he was good or not so it all just depends on that one team who had a really good feel for him, and again, what kind of, of information the scouts uh, got about him in the fall and the information they had about Zach coming into this. If they, if they had so many people at Wisconsin saying, uh, you know, Zach's a hard worker, Zach is, is an upstanding young man, high character, then you kind of overlook this. If there were red flags leading up to this, uh, then you kind of add this onto that and, and look at him a little differently. But I think most of the information that came in about Zach was very, very positive. So I don't think this will affect him that much. Talking with Mark Ross, former VP of player evaluation for the New York Giants and also scout there, the NFL Network analyst now. You can follow him at Mark, M-A-R-C, Ross on Twitter. Um, so, so talk to me about how a board falls because the Packers are drafting at 30, and I have seen so many different mock drafts. Uh, some of them have an inside linebacker. They need a wide receiver. They need additional <laughs> offensive line depth. So as the board falls, you tell me being in one of those rooms, how do you evaluate your board? Well, you have to. You have all these meetings for a reason. Your scouts are in the fall grading players for a reason. Your coaches grade the players. So when you have these draft meetings, you stack your board by position, best to worst, and then you kind of have an overall board of players, best to worst, regardless of position. And what you have to do when when you're in the draft is stick by your board and stick by the value of the players that you're you're really interested in and the needs. Uh, you have to match your needs with the best players. You don't ever want to overvalue a player because you have a need. So you want to kind of have a mix of the player, uh, players with the highest value with a position of need. And when you're getting down in the 30s, uh, I, you know, when you're high in the draft, you can kind of predict how things are going to go. 
but when you get down to the bottom, uh, you'll, you'll have a general idea, but there's a lot more uncertainty. So the important thing, and again, you see the mock drafts, how they're all different. All 32 teams have their boards completely different as well. There's no consensus with any teams about how players are. Uh, so just stick by your board, stick by the value. Uh, don't overvalue a player in a position of need. Uh, and, and you want to stick with that philosophy throughout the draft with each round. Uh, it was interesting because when I first uh, met Ted Thompson, it was right after his very first draft, and I was asking him about his philosophy, and he said, I'm just taking the best player. Uh, it, it doesn't matter the need. It doesn't matter. Because you know, I think at that point in time they had a lot of needs coming in and taking over a four-win team. Um, so I, they just needed players. And he said, you, can, you know, if you have five great wide receivers, you assume somebody's going to get hurt and everybody's going to get a chance to play anyway, so you want to pick up just as much good talent. Is there a way to evaluate a team like that versus a team like the Packers are sitting right now needing three specific needs, depth at the offensive line, linebacking position, and obviously a wide receiver? Do you then tend to find yourself leaning in those directions for those needs, or can you yeah. legitimately just say, I'm just taking the best guy, I don't care? Yeah, you know, you know, everyone says they take the best, but you wouldn't talk about positions if you if you just took the best player. So <laughs> every team you always hear them say that, but you would not even have those on your board. And every team ranks guys on their draft board by positions and has has positioned uh, uh, rankings as well. So what you want, what you don't want to do is if you have players of equal value and you have a player a, a position of need more, then you want to take that player. But let's just say you need a left tackle but you only have one rated in the third round, but you've got these four receivers in the first round and the corners in the first and linebackers where you have all these other players that are a much higher value ahead of this position of need. Uh, you can't jump that, that player that you have rated as a third rounder over these first round picks. So that's where you get into trouble where you feel like it's a, it's a position of need, a perceived position of need, and you jump that player over a bunch of other players that you have rated much higher than that player. That's where the trouble comes. Real quick before I let you go. So uh, the Packers, we know they need a wide receiver. We know they need depth at linebacker. Those are probably the first two, maybe even additional guys up front on the defensive front. But mm -hmm. this is supposed to be a draft in which wide receivers are a plenty. What happens when that run starts? And we've seen this happen before where they say, oh, they've got all this talent, but only so much first or second round talent, and suddenly the run starts. Do do general managers start to panic if they're not going to get the guy that they've been coveting because they thought all along that he would fall to them? Yeah, well, that's, again, where you want to make sure you stick by your board, and uh, that's where you see trade-ups happen where, oh, my gosh, we, we're, all right, these receivers are going, and we really had our eye on player X. Uh, let's move up. Let's give up something to go get him. And, you know, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't, but it, it just all depends on how deep the Packers will have their board stacked with the receivers. I mean, it's, a, it's an extremely deep group this year, maybe the deepest group that I've seen uh, in a long time. So I think even into the second and third round, you can get qual a quality starter at the receiver position, at the corner position. Uh, at the, and so uh, what the Packers will have to do, I think they're in a good position there uh, where they're picking, where that I think will, there will be – uh, a good group of receivers to choose from, uh, a tight end. I think they need a tight end as well. You, you didn't mm -hmm. mention that. So I think there's some definitely some positions that they'll have some options uh, at that pick to take. Well, they jumped up and got Jay Sternberger, and, you know, he didn't do a lot because obviously they had Jimmy Graham in the lineup. So you don't I, – I guess my thing with tight end is I agree with you. I think they need one. But, you know, if indeed you believe that Jay Sternberger has the hops and the ability to do it, then – 
then you don't. I just don't know what they're thinking about him behind closed doors. But if you're going to jump up and get that guy and bring him mm-hmm. into the fold, you would assume then you're not going to get another one and jump up and get another one the following year, right? Yeah, well, you never know. It's just, uh, you know, now with the two tight end situations that some teams are using, it's, you know, that can, if you don't get the receiver you want, running the two tight end sets uh, will, will help you out. Um, but they definitely need, in some kind of way, I think they definitely need a receiver or two, uh, a tight end, or even a right tackle, just, just guys that are going to help Aaron Rodgers. He's not getting any younger, maybe showing some signs of slipping. So for the Packers, it's all about Aaron Rodgers and how far he can take them. You know, I think they're still in a good position just in the division where you know, I don't think Detroit's going to be a factor. Chicago with Trubisky, never believe in them, and it's really coming down again to them in Minnesota. So uh, I think a couple pieces here and there to help Aaron, and they'll, write, they'll be right in the thick of things again. Mark, great to talk to you. Great insights. Thanks so much for joining us for a couple of minutes. We certainly appreciate it and look forward to your stuff on the NFL Network, okay? Great. Thanks a lot. Appreciate having me. There you go. Thank you very much. Mark Ross, the NFL Network analyst. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark, M-A-R-C, Ross. And don't forget the 2020 NFL Draft airs on ESPN, the NFL Network, and ABC April 23rd, 24th, and 25th. You're going to see him do some analyzation there as well. He joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. 80-plus years, they've been getting it done. Call them 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.